0: Welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube show based on a podcast. Uh, As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith.
1: And I'm Michael Morey.
0: And this week we're joined by Robert Mayo. Hey, everybody. Hey, how's it going, Robert? Not bad. Good. Uh, We are here to talk about Mission Impossible Fallout, the post-apocalyptic RPG in the Mission Impossible universe. (laughs) And uh, yeah, this is uh, the sixth One of these things that has come out in 20 years. Um, It's a spy genre movie thing with Tom Cruise. You probably know it. If you don't, I don't know why you're listening, but thanks.
1: He was hanging from a wire in the first one.
0: (laughs) Yep, and the subsequent ones. Yeah,
1: and Um, he runs.
0: Yep. He runs. Yep, so much running. Um, So yeah, this is uh, the first direct sequel in the Mission Impossible franchise that uh, picks up following, sort of following the events of Rogue Nation, which was the previous one. It's not super dependent on it aside from characters pop up. Uh, it's basically using the same set of characters from the first one, uh, plus a couple new characters. And uh, that's kind of the connection point to it. You can see this one without having seen the last one, I think, and, and still be okay. Um, but this is the first time they've done that as like, they, they kind of all have a story, um, and they all reference each other, but there's, this is the first one that has a really direct line outside of, I guess, Michelle Monaghan's character, um, from three. And, uh, so in this one, Solomon Lane is back to cause trouble in the life of Ethan Hunt, who is a super spy working for the impossible mission force, the IMF, um, and, uh him and his ragtag team of people who go rogue every movie has to go rogue to clear their name again.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: same <laughs> same shit as always. <laughs> you
2: sit, yeah, you won't get used to it. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, there's uh, crazy stunts. There's lots of action. Um, Tom Cruise did his own stunts again. and They pushed on a little more uh, again. And uh it's the this is the second one to have Christopher McQuarrie as a director, also a first for the franchise to have the same director. Um so he followed up his previous installment with this one, which is a direct follow-up. And uh Yeah, that's kinda it, really. Um it's I mean, there's some like spy espionage like complications in mm. that, but really it's they gotta go to clear their name again. And yeah. also there's nuclear devices that they have to disarm, which is also a lot of these movies. Um, so, uh, Robert, we'll start with you. What you, uh, have you, you've been on, you were on for Rogue Nation, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Um, and we just watched Rogue Nation this morning before we went to see Fallout. So we are Exhausted. like six hours deep in the mission impossible <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I, you know, what do you like these movies? Obviously, you do uh, by committing six hours plus a podcast to your to your uh, uh, day today. But um, what is it about these movies that I like? Interest people, and why are, why are there six of them?
2: Um, I mean, Tom Cruise, I guess. Sure. Um, star power name. Um, you, typically, it's just a good time for the action sequences. You yeah. know? you're not there for the plot necessarily. Um, you're there for those big sequences of doing the quote-unquote impossible things that Tom Cruise tends to do.
0: Yeah. Mike, what do you think about the Mission Impossible franchise?
1: Yeah, you're there for the set pieces. You're there to go and see the practical stunts, uh, the minimal CG where it's only absolutely necessary, but people performing physical feats in a way that, you know, James Bond used to kind of be known for. <laughs> Uh, that now they've drifted away from. I think that Mission Impossible has kind of laid claim to that. Uh, not so much this one, but the cool gadgets I um, think people kind of like. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the big draw. And obviously watching Tom Cruise in the same role for 20 years versus how Bond has shifted different people every 10, 15, whatever years. So uh, that's kind of, I think, the big draws there.
0: Yeah, um, that's actually a topic we'll cover later. Yeah, um, this is a topic we almost started talking about at launch, but I decided to save. Yeah, uh, until until the podcast. Um, yeah, they're they're mostly good. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they're they're. There's only one that really gets crapped on right. out of six. That's pretty good, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, they're well made. Too, yeah, I like
2: they're after. Yeah,
0: I mean, Cruz has a reputation for, like, really giving a crap. And yeah. the, it shows in these movies especially. You know, mm-hmm. he definitely cares about it. And that goes a long way with people, I think, subconsciously. Yeah. um, of Just, like, seeing, oh, some craft went into this. You know, they tried. They tried. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that has a lot to do with the staying power of, of these sort of franchises. Because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's how the James Bond movies are. That's how even the Fast and Furious movies... Um, for the most part, are you know people give a crap about the people who make them care about them, and therefore uh, they don't really screw them up.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and there's also one other thing which I guess we can talk about. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see how this goes in this podcast. But I'd say they've been getting better since each one, since the third one at least. I mean, yeah. well, since the second one was so <laughs> well, bad, yeah. but you know, they've been incremental or exponential improvements i think with each one yeah
0: yeah i think this one to show my hand a little bit i liked less than the last one Mm -hmm. but it's it's like it's not a fine line but it's also kind of negligible too like it's there aren't real problems with this Mm one necessarily um so yeah we'll get into that in a second as well uh next question is so, what do you think about Rogue Nation versus this? Do you think it was good to follow it up? Do you think it was it was a good a good idea?
2: I think it's good, like a good idea, to build up a consistent bad guy mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. franchise. Um, how it was used in the follow-up movie, Fallout movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was executed in the best way. You know, it was kind of tacked on. It kind of felt like.
1: So my position on it is that it was good. It was an interesting idea. I think they're relying on people's memories of the Mission Impossible franchise in a way that maybe people don't remember them like. like In terms of, we've talked about this before on the Rogue Nation podcast, where despite the fact that these these movies have been relatively good, they don't have a lot of staying power in the mind. (laughs) And this, while I agree, mostly stands on its own it's kind of relying on your knowledge of the, f- the third movie that happened, like, 12 or 13 years ago. You know, it's, it's not on TV that much, or, you know, not something that's, like, readily accessible all the time. Right.
0: It's not like a, This is going to be weird, but it's not like a sequel to, like, if they did Shawshank Redemption. Everyone knows that movie inside and right. out. Right, yeah. Though it's, it's a, what, 28-year-old, 24-year-old movie at this point. Yeah. And... It's been years since I've seen it, but mm-hmm. I can pretty much tell you what happens
1: in that. Right. Like the plot beats in all these movies kind of run together for me. And so it's kind of drawing upon some characters and plot beats that I, I think it's a little overconfident in people's memories or knowledge mm-hmm. of. But it kind of plays it enough w- in terms of filling in the background material that you that you get up to speed anyway. Yeah. But um, I welcomed it. I, I liked it because it was rewarding to people who have actually paid attention for yeah. all these movies, but I could see where it went wrong, too.
0: Yeah. It's, uh... It was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have a strong opinion either way on it being a follow-up. I think, like you said, I it's a little tacked on. Like, it could have been any villain doing yeah, this. Yeah. It's so different from his goals in the first one, mm-hmm. and they don't really explore... So, Solomon Lane was captured two years ago in the movie by Ethan Hunt and co., and that's the Rogue Nation movie. And then in this one, the people who were left over from his syndicate are now calling themselves the Apostles. And there's a guy named John Lark who's at the, the, the head of that. Spoilers. That's Henry Cavill. And, uh, so Hunt is tasked with going to find John Lark and bust the Apostles and the CIA kind of does what the CIA does in these movies, which is get involved with yeah. IMF's uh, affairs, and they have Henry Cavill go on a mission with him. Henry Cavill is deep cover, working for the Apostles, and he's John Mark working in the CIA, and so there's like that betrayal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have to go and
1: bust out, Solomon Grundy. <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> 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 yeah, and so... <laughs> uh, um yeah <laughs> so uh
0: they, they it's it's you know it's so different and they don't do anything whereas the syndicate was kind of the heart of rogue nation mm-hmm. the apostles are almost in the background of this one like yeah their arc is still pretty incomplete yeah like like i mean spoilers John Mark dies in the movie, mm. but there's still an entire network. They did nothing to bust the network of apostles in movie. So what you're movie. saying
1: is this whole movie was a lark? Kind of. Hey. <laughs> hey.
0: Um And that's not good or bad necessarily, but it's just so far removed from how they handled that network of people who commit terrorist acts in, yeah. the, in Rogue Nation that it's... I don't know. It's it's negligible. Once again, of like it didn't have to be. It's I guess it's cool. It's cool that he you know Hunt uh, has a Blofeld now. Yeah,
2: it was sequel fodder, really. Yeah, Just setting up another
1: movie. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it yeah, kind of to leave the apostles alive and not really yeah. go after yeah. them that much. Well, I think that's okay. I don't think that like, they need to go and take them all down in one movie. Yeah.
0: I just... It, it seemed like they were like, hey, this is happening, and then we never really saw any of them. Yeah. Like, it was... We basically only saw Solomon and Lark, mm-hmm. and that was it. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't think of another... The only other person I remember them dealing with was the White Widow, when she was kind of an independent contractor. Mm. Yeah. Um, and... Uh Yeah, so that's, that's, so that's the plot of this movie. What did you guys think of this one?
1: I'll let you go, man.
2: Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. The way it was, I don't know, the way it was put together was interesting, because in, especially in the beginning, there's long sequences where it was just Ethan, or just Ethan with somebody and not his whole team, and then all of a sudden his team shows up out of nowhere to help him. I thought there was a lot of, I don't know, what's that called? <laughs> Convenience? Convenience. Yeah. Conveniences. Mm. To the plot.
0: Yeah, it a weird one for me, man. It, Like I said when we got out, so serious. <laughs> so goofy. <laughs> so goofy. It's just so... So... Okay. So this thing's been compared a lot to um, The Dark Knight, for one, and we'll get... That's a whole nother topic. Uh, I know you guys are tired of that, and if you're tired of that, blame Hollywood for remaking The Dark Knight for the last ten years. Um... Like, I'm tired of talking about it, but there's no other comparison when it's like borrowing beats, like huge story beats from it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, I don't know, man. It's just, it's really weirdly put together. I got really bored in that first hour. Yeah. I fell asleep twice. <laughs> uh, I fell asleep during the motorcycle
1: chase. What? Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. And I fell asleep during the, like, uh, uh, Isla and him following each other sequence. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't see how he got on the boat with Solomon.
1: Oh. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. No idea how that happened. And then, like, <laughs> they started following each other, and then I just saw them in the garden together. Mm-hmm. That was, like, I saw her... There was a scene transition where that was pretty cool, where, like, she moved in the camera, and then it wiped to yeah. Hunt walking, and then I knocked out and woke up <laughs> with them in the... Uh, in the in the garden of whatever governmental yeah. building they were in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not nah, not the garden of Eden. <laughs> I'm just like trying to read um, as many puns as I can. But and then after that, it got really interesting when they got to Paris and they got the catacombs and there was this like weird quintuple cross that was kind of layered on top. Mm-hmm. That part was dope. And then like the inn kind of got real dumb, like Fast and Furious dumb, but really wanted you to buy into it like was there's a total lack of self-awareness in this movie that really frustrated me mm-hmm. um what did you think mike
1: i am going to be the probably sole positive person or mostly positive person okay. I, I thought it was the best one really um, wow. yeah i mean i think the last one was good too mm-hmm. um this one i actually was convinced was like one of the best action movies like around the, the halfway point with like the car chase and the motorcycle chase, mm-hmm. I thought was fantastic. Okay, uh, I think it lost actually a little bit of steam around the part where you that you liked. Uh-huh. Um, and while I appreciated the uh, multiple layers of stuff going on in the final act, where there's some people trying to defuse some bombs, people trying to stop Solomon Kane. Um, <laughs> 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 um, so and then like a helicopter chase, um, I thought it was almost trying to do too much yeah. there, and, and the movie had gotten a little too long at that point for it to be doing that. Um, especially when the best stuff was the helicopter part and they kept on cutting away from it. Uh, I was, that made me a little frustrated, but I liked it quite a bit. Um, uh, okay. and yeah, it goes and rips off to- tonally and stylistically a lot from Dark Knight. But at the same time, it felt very confident, which I liked. Like it had, it, did it go and borrow from Dark Knight? Yes. But stuff like, the, that transition with like Ilsa walking mm-hmm. across, there's all kinds of little things like that where I just was very impressed with how like confident it was with moments of even transitions, but moments where it would be quiet and just let like the sound effects or the percussion of the score mm-hmm. continue. Um, and maybe it got a little too much by like the two and a half hour mark of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of movie. It's a lot of movie. It is. And, That might be the biggest problem with it, but damn, like they try to go and pack it with stuff. It felt like that was everything they had in them, and I kind of appreciate and admire that.
2: Yes and no, like I I don't mean to be on the negative side. I'm more down the middle because I enjoy a lot of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. But the movie was so long that I kind of already forgot. You've talked about how they're forgettable movies. I've already forgot the beginning of this movie. (laughs) All the little details that are happening that you guys are talking about now, I'm like I I can't remember anything like. (laughs) Post Paris, <laughs> or or uh, prior to Paris. Speaking of the beginning of this movie,
0: that might be my favorite opening to a Mission Impossible movie ever. Yeah, that it was, was
1: great. so good. Yeah, that was uh,
0: great. So the the movie opens with um, Hunt being said being told, "Hey, the apostles are gonna get get this plutonium. Uh, you need to stop them." Goes to get the plutonium, intercept it before they do. One of his team uh, is in danger, and he chooses to save his team member. And in the process loses the plutonium and plutonium gets turned over to the apostles. Mm. So now he's got to go undo that
2: mistake. That's the general thrust of the movie, really. It was a good setup. I understood what was going to happen yeah. in the movie. Based yeah. On that setup.
0: And the the first step he takes to doing so is, uh, he goes and captures this scientist whose plans they're using to make the, um, the nuclear warheads that they're going to use. And he sets up this entire fake hospital. Like he, he, he has Simon Pegg's character get, get into a car accident with him. And then they set him up in this fake hospital room and make it look like it's, he's been totally like, he's totally won that the, the nuclear devices have gone off in Jerusalem, Mecca and the Vatican and Wolf Blitzer's reporting on it on CNN. Mm -hmm. And they, they kind of, uh, tell him, they tell him, Hey, if, uh, they have this phone that can connect them to the John Mark guy there, who's the head of the apostles. And they're like, hey, uh, you know, if you give us the passcode, we will read your manifesto live on CNN. He agrees to it. They do that. And then as soon as he unlocks the phone, the walls kind of fall off. Mm-hmm. And you realize that the Wolf Blitzer that was reporting was Simon Pegg in a mask. And they kind of reveal the facade of that. And it was that crap worked on me so hard because weird. I was like, huh. Like, how, where where does this go from here? Mm-hmm. Like, if this is the first ten minutes of the movie... Yeah. Wh- <laughs> Three cities have already been nuked. Yeah. And
1: had me convinced. Yeah. 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 I, and I was kind of, like, off-put, or put off by it, almost. Yeah.
0: I was just like, this is such a weird... Like, it's such a massive jumping-off point. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's yeah, so it was, good. That was really good. Um, so there's so much to like about this movie. The stunt work is phenomenal. Like, yeah. it's... I know a lot's been made about the Halo jump. Mm. The shit was bananas.
1: That was awesome.
0: It was nuts, man. Like, the stunts, the stunt he had to do in it mm. was, I couldn't believe it was real.
1: Yeah. The, the lightning
2: was CG, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: but, like, the other, uh, I, mean, I can't tell, I mean, obviously, like, the only reason why I think it's CG is because it's just too fantastical for them to doing that. I think he
0: went and did the thing where he switched the oxygen out. Yeah. yeah.
1: That was real, uh uh-huh. you got that was nuts, and that was all one take no, it wasn't well, I mean most of it okay. yeah it's yeah.
0: it's uh it's three takes that they strung together,
1: yeah, yeah there's but like, there's a significant section yes. of it that yeah. was one take yeah. yeah,
0: there's a lot of cool like one take stuff in this mm-hmm. movie there's that um there's another good one take that I liked uh a little bit later on.
1: I don't remember where it was now. Yeah. Was it, um, when they walk inside the nightclub or whatever, or, I don't know, there's lots of cool things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, I'm gonna go and just stop this for a second. This movie goes and has, like, three out, two or three out of, like, my five, like, requirements for, like, a good action movie, okay? There needs to be, like, a good nightclub scene, Mm -hmm. check. Uh, There needs to be, like, a good bathroom fight. Bathroom fights are always sweet. doesn't matter what it is. Casino Royale, sweet. Well, you Chualized, accept a restaurant
0: sweet. kitchen fight in lieu of a bathroom fight.
1: That Kitchen fights and restaurant fights are also acceptable. Okay. Um, what else is there? Uh, There's snow. Snow. Yes, that's right. There's snow. Um, car chase. Car chase, of course. Preferably motorcycle chase. I prefer get, motorcycle You get both here. in this. Yes, yeah. So you get two for the price of one. You get everything in this. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably yeah. a boat chase, but they're on a boat. On yeah. a plane, on yeah,
2: Helicopters. Yeah. I mean, motorcycles, cars, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: Opera scene did not have it in this
2: one, but it was in Rogue Nation. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and this is kind of one more. That kind of feels here. the like the concert.
1: Or- right. Yeah. Concert, nightclub, yeah, or concert, or something. Like, or yeah. Yeah. So that was like getting me on my good side. That like middle act of the movie. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, after the Halo jump, they go there uh, to that nightclub. Yeah. And there's that fight scene in the bathroom is pretty good. It's sweet. It's yeah. good.
0: It's good. Yeah, they go and meet a fake John Mark and uh, fight with him in the bathroom. Is We were talking in the car. Robert and I were. Yeah. Is that dude in the raid?
1: I don't think so. So,
0: okay. Uh, this, this part like might get cut guys. out. But now it's... it's I, I feel like... I heard that one of the guys from the Raid was either going to be in the next Fast and Furious movie or this Mission Impossible movie. I think it's Fast and Furious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We were wondering about that. Um, So what what didn't work for you, Robert?
2: I think it was mostly just the pacing of it. Yeah. um, And some of those conveniences that I was talking about. Like I said, there's a lot to like. I'm more down the middle. um, Because the plot I just kind of confused me and I forgot some of the earlier stuff Mm -hmm. that was going on. Um. But I actually enjoyed the third act, even though, like, it took a while to get there. But once I got there, I mean, I really liked it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it gets better as it goes on. I agree with you. The plot is too confusing. Yeah. For what it is. Like, it's pretty straightforward, and the movie makes it not. And I don't understand why.
1: Well, I think that it makes a fundamental mistake of, this isn't like Batman, where we've already we're already dealing with characters and names that we're familiar with. Mm. It's making up new names, and so when you're hearing people talk about <clears throat> Lark and Lane and Hunt, and like some of these, and Ilsa, like they're not super recognizable names always, and they're being like said in like ten different accents. Mm-hmm. So there's like a little bit of you just tune out like what names are even being thrown at you after mm-hmm. a certain point, and. It's like a, a weird screenwriting thing, but you should try to make your names like different enough that you're not like mixing them up all the time. Yeah. And so I heard like Lane and Lark a lot, and and, yeah, and it was and just, there's points in that. the
2: movie when you know they're like intentionally confusing the characters. Yeah. And, yeah. And it and it confuses the audience along with the characters. Yeah. So right. you're like you're catching up, but then the characters figure it out you know at the snap of their fingers, mm-hmm. and it, I'm still thinking. Okay, wh- what's going on? <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's so okay. So, is this uh, the best action movie since Terminator Two or Die Hard or if if you were super into Dark Knight or like think of the last action
1: movie you like truly loved? Yeah. And then, is this the best one since it? Um. I mean, it's the best one since John Wick 2. That's what Mm -hmm. I would say. I mean, I think that's probably a fair one for me. Uh, I mean, that was only, I guess, a year and a half ago at this point. But, I mean, I know a lot of people go and hold up Fury Road as something that's amazing, but I don't really like it that much. But I don't get get the cult around that. Um, And then John Wick 2 was pretty much the best one since... John Wick (laughs) 1. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's within that vein. Like, and then, you know, I don't know what before John Wick there was. action movies is a pretty
2: broad... Right. So, okay, so like in the pantheon... John Wick is like a kind of a different beast than a big, bombastic... Right, right.
0: So, okay, let me be more specific then. So the the, the big ones that they're comparing it to is like the the sort of canon that is going to last the test of time, right? So it's Die Hard, like Terminator 2... Uh, Dark Knight, um, for better, like, uh, I like Fury Road, but I also don't get the, the, the I think I like it more than you two do, but mm-hmm. um, I also don't get the cult around it. But that's part of it, right? Like, right, that's right. The, one of the other ones. Yeah. So those four are the ones that I keep hearing, like, oh, put Mission Impossible in the Pantheon with those. is Are they on that? Is this on that level?
1: No, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, I wouldn't say so either. But then again, I, I don't want to go and presume, like, how you guys are feeling, but I also feel like this movie probably wasn't the best thing to watch after, like, the last one, and, like, seeing that early in the morning. Like, I just think it's, like that's too much Mission Impossible <laughs> for one day. <laughs> it is thing. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it would benefit more from a second viewing, maybe for both of you. Or I kind of want to see it again. Yeah. I do want to see
2: it again. I mean, right now, because we saw both back- back-to-back... Um, mm-hmm. I would say I don't know why people didn't consider Rogue Nation to be that movie. Well, I agree. Yeah, I think that Rogue and why Nation. Is it, why is closer. this one and not Rogue Nation?
1: But this one, I feel like, okay, does it take itself too seriously in some places, despite the silly premise? Yes, I agree with that sort of. But then again, we accept like watching a man dressed up as a bat and take itself seriously. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So like, I've
0: been I've been wondering about that because um, it's a question I've been I've had to ask myself because I felt like this movie was. That's some goofy stuff mm-hmm. that I really wanted you to take seriously.
1: Okay, I want to hear that. So,
0: mainly towards the end, yeah. the way the helicopter chase resolves mm-hmm. is real goofy
1: to me. With a hook on the cliff?
0: That, but even, like, when he, like, runs it, like, I was like, he died. Yeah. It's like the It's like the car chase in the most recent Jason Bourne movie mm-hmm. where he gets, like, slammed into the roof of the casino and it's like, he died (laughs) that's what happened he died and so in this one he like rams the helicopter the like window first Mm -hmm. into the tail of the other helicopter and i was like he died like that's that's what happens in that yeah um and then like the cg's kind of bad when it's happening yes um and you see like Henry Cavill in his helicopter also go flipping over, mm-hmm. and, like, the pilot dies, but he doesn't for some reason. Yeah. And I understand there's, like, a suspension of disbelief that has to happen. Yeah. But it's just, it was almost like a bridge too far at that point, where it was, like, this is so goofy. Mm-hmm. And, but the music's like... Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, the movie doesn't think it's goofy, but that's pretty damn goofy. I
2: think, like, you know, Fast and Furious has the same issue. Yeah. that's... For some reason, more acceptable. I
0: feel not? like I feel like Fast and Furious
1: is more aware of it being goofy. Like, yeah. But I, now, but now I feel like Fast and Furious like it's it's gotten stupid with that. Like it's like they know how dumb they are, and they think that like it, and you know how dumb it is, and everybody knows how dumb it is, and like nothing matters anymore mm-hmm. in it either, which is weird. I and mean, right. Characters become superheroes. Yeah, yeah, and like I mean, Ethan Hunt's like a superhero too, but it. It's, like, he's still kind of got limits-ish. I mean, he can slow down every now yeah, and then. Yeah, he anyway. gets,
0: like, roughed up pretty yeah. bad, which is the... I think that's the most I've ever seen him, like, get jacked up. Yeah. Is in this one. And, like, even when he, like, goes to fight uh, Two-Face, mm-hmm. he, like, he's, like, really weak. That was the other thing, is, like, Henry Cavill literally becomes Two-Face at the end of the movie for no real reason other than, like, is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that was really
1: goofy to me. I don't know. I I thought that was real goofy. It didn't bother me that much. But then I it, didn't even think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't bother me. But then again, I mean, like Specter did the same thing with uh, Blofeld. They go and he gets like half scarred, half like like the last act of it too. Really? You know? Yeah, and it I was, and I, I thought that, that was kind of grown. That's where there. he gets
2: his scar because in the old Bonds he has the. He thing. already oh, has Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. but um. I agree with you that the CG aspect of it at the end went too far. Like, they could have pulled that back and made it a little bit more of a modest crash. Yeah. Um, and I think that the last 10 minutes kind of go a little overboard with like his wife is there and like the and like they're crashing and then like the hook is the heck falling down and the helicopters are crashing and the, it was a little too much of that and they yeah. could have like pared back the uh dramatic stakes a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was just so much like yeah. and it was like all right. Yeah. Calm it, down.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. buckled under that a
0: little That's bit.
2: what they do. I mean. Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, I feel like I also know. go
2: ahead. I remember you had the same issue with rotation Nation with the water yeah. It's like too much for you to really grasp yes. on to.
1: Yeah. it Like it, that one, that scene too, it could have toned it down about well, like minus like 10% or right. 20%. Cause, cause you know, first he has scene. to go in
2: there and do that and hold his breath. And then mm-hmm. things go wrong. They reboot the system. And then he gets hit by the arms that are in there that yeah. they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And he can't
1: quite grab the handles the right way and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm.
1: Um I think the problem is that it comes at the end of a really long movie, so you're already just kind of like, okay, get it over you're with. You're like beaten up by film. it. Yeah, you're yeah. just kind of beat up at that time. Um, which, I mean, that is an issue for sure, that you need to like know when the audience can take more of these contrivances happening. Mm-hmm. But um, I still liked it. I, I thought the last act was not as good as the second act, but I... St- I mean, in terms of the visuals and all that stuff, like, the helicopter shots were incredible, I thought. Yeah, there's
0: some crazy stuff going on with that. Um, Robert, I think you've watched more of
2: the behind-the-scenes stuff than I have. Uh, I've just read some articles. I didn't okay. watch anything. But, yeah, like, Cruz flew the helicopter by himself. Yeah, he, like, he with the, the cameras one. mounted on it,
0: right? right?
1: yeah. And he had That's to, like, why pay stationary. attention to the cameras yes. and all that.
0: <laughs> That's nuts. yeah. yeah. That's insane. Because, like, he had to get those shots. Mm-hmm. Like, those are shots that Tom Cruise made. Yeah. That's freaking bananas,
1: man. He had to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he had to oh, uh, fly a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> and he had to act
0: like he didn't know how to fly a helicopter. Yeah.
2: And not die, but look like he's going to die. Yeah. yeah.
0: I thought he was going to jump from one helicopter to the other one, which mm-hmm. I know you mentioned yeah. when we were eating lunch. But it really seemed like that was going to happen, and I was like, "Yeah, that's going to be amazing." Tip him
2: sideways and somehow yeah. jump from one to the other, but nope, didn't happen. Didn't happen.
0: Did you guys? Okay, did you guys pick up on in that final sequence mm-hmm. uh, on the cliff? i heard that there are references to all five previous Mission Impossible movies in
1: that. One. I don't know. Um. I
0: picked up on one for the second one, hmm. which rock climbing, the <laughs> rock climbing, the free climbing.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I feel like maybe the reference to the first one is when the hook breaks the first time hmm. and then catches on the second rock. It's I like see. in the first one when he's rappelling into the um, secure facility and he like catches himself right before yeah. the ground. I feel like that maybe been it there's an article you can read the, okay. the connections and it was intentional um and the, real subtle like that mm-hmm. like hey let's do like some stuff maybe a little bit differently than
2: yeah. had um, I known ahead of time I might have picked up on it but yeah. i was not in that headspace to think about yeah, it
0: yeah.
1: That. yeah that makes sense um but getting back to the original question which is you know whether or not this is within the range of oh, mm-hmm. Terminator 2 and all that no I don't think so uh I think it gets real close, personally. Really? Yeah, I'd say it's, like, in that second tier, um, below those movies. Okay. Um, I like... So, like, Speed? Yeah, Speed, um... You know, like maybe... F- I don't know if you consider Fast and Furious 1 or Fast 5. Fast I 5, like, yeah. i say Fast 5 is yeah. in second tier. Like, yeah, I think yeah. in the Fast and Furious... Good ones. Yeah, tier. 5 and 6. Yeah, um... And So, I think that's an elevation from where, well, I mean, that and Rogue Nation are Mm -hmm. elevations from where it was, maybe the tier below that. I also, I dug, like, how this movie seemed to care more about Ethan as a character. Like, weirdly, Mm -hmm. I feel like they've been investing more in him as a character in these last couple of movies, which is kind of strange for a series to do as it gets into his fourth, fifth, and sixth movie. Um, but I liked that Like now we We understand more about What makes him tick Than we did even in the First or second movie mm-hmm. um, And it seemed to have Like more of a theme Which was kind of like Why he does this Like why he does what he does And puts himself at great risk um, So it made me, It's obviously a little On the nose it's not like It gives you any subtle reasons But I liked I was More invested in His character Than they had been Previously yeah,
0: I think there's better character development of Ethan. I think it comes at the expense of character development from some of the other people.
1: Yes, it takes those other people for granted. Like Benji doesn't have much to do. Yeah. Uh, Luther. Yeah. Even Ilsa, who was great in the last really one. Really disappointed
0: with how they handled Ilsa in this one. Yeah. She's. Rebecca Ferguson's fantastic. She's great in the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, one of the best characters in that series. Probably my favorite character in that series, yeah. if I'm being honest. Um, and then the, in this one, she's just kind of like there and yeah. does stuff.
2: And her fight with Solomon at the end is pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, but before that, she's just kind of getting in the way of things and making the plot more complicated.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, that was kind of some BS to me, where he, like... I don't know. She's She's got her whole side arc that is uh, iffy at best, where... She's been sent by MI6 to kill Solomon, the Mines of King Solomon, and uh, that proves her loyalty back to MI6. But she doesn't tell Ethan that until she does. Mm -hmm. Like, but it, it, like she doesn't he tells her that and then she agrees Mm -hmm. and so it's this really stupid scene where he's just staring at her and she's not saying a
2: word that's in the courtyard right yeah yeah I didn't get any of that yeah he's
0: just she's staring at him and he's like oh so you have to kill Solomon Lane and she's like why well, I'm nodding, podcast audience, and then she's still staring at him, and he puts together the things she should be telling him, and it's like, well, why the hell she's even there, and also, why even have it in the first scene where she can't tell him if in the next scene they share together he figures it out? Like, it just seemed unnecessary and then to me.
2: After that point, she's just automatically on their team, and mm-hmm. everybody accepts it. Yeah, and it was just weird because before she was shooting at them.
1: Yeah. Uh, but uh, to me, it's kind of just a further development from the last one, which is that she's always going to be like kind of a wild card that's on their side, and they understand that. Yeah. And, and they made their peace with it, kind of thing. So it's like there's this mutual understanding and respect between them almost that I think is just a carry on from the last one. And I, I kind of liked it. It's like she is his counterpart or equal mm-hmm. um, in, in a way that Michelle, Moyne, Moyne, whatever um I always get her and Bridget Moynihan or oh yeah yeah. except um in addition to Solomon Kane and Nathan Lane um (laughs) um, so like in a way that that him and his ex-wife aren't yeah
0: so that's another thing that upsets me about these movies and this is more of a personal thing yeah um My three favorite working actresses right now are Vera Farmiga, Michelle Monaghan, and Rebecca Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And so two-thirds of them are in this movie, and one of them's awful. (laughs) And it upsets me. Um, Because I really, really, really like Michelle Monaghan. I've been a fan of her since she was in Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've never given her much to do in these movies. And And she... I feel like she's an actress that's criminally underused a lot. Oh, and yeah. so just seeing that happen again and again, she's really good in True Detective Season 1, uh, but still just kind of, like, a put-upon life. And it's like, get, oh, my God. like yeah. She's, like, I don't know. She's really good when she has the right script and the right people directing her. Um, and in this one, I was, like, excited because she was going to be around more. And then she's just kind of, like, there to be doe-eyed at Ethan. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. like I don't God. know. She
1: helped Luther with the bomb
0: that's true yeah I man. I really
1: appreciated that I, yeah I like that I liked how it kind of wrapped up loose ends from the other movies yeah close, it really closed off her character I mean yeah. I guess arguably the fourth one she showed up for a little bit at the mm-hmm. end and it kind of revealed that they had divorced but he was still kind of keeping an eye on her or something like that yeah but then I feel like this gave a more satisfying conclusion on top of that which is they have like this mutual love and respect but they're kind of like in their own separate worlds and they're happy that each other is happy mm-hmm. kind of thing so yeah. I was all right with it, yeah. Um, but I agree that all this stuff was in service really of Ethan and mm-hmm. him moving on, or explaining his character. And okay, the ensemble aspect is reduced in this. Yeah, definitely,
2: definitely reduced. But back to her character, mm-hmm. do you think she's going to be more involved in the next one because of her husband in this one? No, I think, no. I think There's no. no connection there. I, I think because there was much that weird guardian you know? angel thing where he's like, he said he was his guardian. You said he was her guardian angel. husband guy no and and then then, before that henry
1: cavill says yeah john
2: lark says that he's the guardian angel so i thought maybe they were connected somehow
1: no that was in reference to henry cavill is his terrorist organization the apostles were the guardian angels that helped fund the medical group and just so they could go and keep an eye on them and use them as pawns and their revenge plan that that's yeah referring to
0: yeah that's yeah. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so what what did you guys think of Henry Cavill in this movie?
1: I liked him. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, he was good. I kinda, I almost wish he didn't die, but I'm glad that they killed him, because um, I think it would have been ridiculous if he survived all this. Yeah, for but, sure. But, I mean, if he had gone a different path with him, I would have been happy if he had lived. But if I were going to go the villain route, I'm glad that they killed him. But he was a good match, I felt like, mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, Ethan Hunt and... Like, I think he was interesting from the standpoint of like he's always just kind of impressed by like his resiliency almost and yeah. like doesn't get why he keeps on coming toward him and surviving all this. Um, plus, he has machine gun arms, so <laughs> it's true. Which did not actually go and like um, make the loading, reloading sound. Yeah, um, the way they did in the trailer, which was disappointing. Um, but I liked him.
0: I liked him. I felt like they telegraphed too hard that he was John Mark. Like yeah. I, you, you can kind of put two and two together on that if uh-huh. you're paying attention. but man, is it obvious? Yeah like it's it's obnoxious. Like to the I think that's what really did be in in the first act. Is mm-hmm. it so obvious he's John Mark? Yeah that I was like, um oh, man, none of this matters till they figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because I knew so far in advance, it just felt like it was wasting my time until the characters figured it out. Um, and so that like that really bothered me. Not a problem on his end, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's more in the script, but...
1: I'm, I'm not sure... I almost felt like it was supposed to be saying at that point that he was the bad guy. I don't think that they were hiding it necessarily. Mm-hmm. He, he's, like, he, he's basically making up lies about Ethan at that Yeah, point. Yeah, 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 And the audience knows it, so... To me, I felt like it was them revealing that he was the bad guy in, in that that's first act, second it. act transition, and so the real twist is that the good guys kind of figure it out in the second act, third act transition. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way I kind of took it, anyway. Um, but it, it doesn't it doesn't go far enough with revealing it to make you feel like it was a it was a real reveal, but it didn't go like so subtle either that it felt like they were still hiding it. So I don't know. It's kind of like fifty-fifty. Like yeah. I'm kind of glad that they revealed it because if yeah. they had waited
2: all the way until the big tunnel yeah. scene, yeah, when mm-hmm. everyone's there, it just would have felt like, a, oh man, really? can yeah. Do that now? Yeah. Cop out.
0: <laughs> That's true, and that I mean, it did eventually lead to my favorite scene in the movie, which was the tunnel scene. So, yeah. I liked that whole sequence, and it was cool because there's so there's the scene in the tunnel. It's really complicated. I'm gonna do a bad job explaining it, but basically. They all meet up with Alec Baldwin. So, uh, Luther, Benji, Hunt, and, uh, Lark in his undercover boy phase. Uh, bring, 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 uh, um, bring Song of Solomon into custody with Alec Baldwin. And. Playing Alec Baldwin. Right, for sure. Um, he's, we'll talk about it in a second. He, uh, so they bring him into custody, and then they, they do this elaborate plan where they're going to put Benji in a Solomon Lane mask and exchange him with the White Widow to get the plutonium, but there's a complication in that Ilsa's supposed to kill Solomon, so she might kill Benji. And uh, that, they, all, they finally dis- decide to do that plan, mm-hmm. and they all leave, and Ethan Hunt is just like, uh, Hey, Superman, watch him like yeah. just watch Solomon Cain or Solomon one? Lane yeah.
2: and I was like what like, well, w- when they discussed it before and he was like no I'm not gonna do that I'm not gonna waste my time I'm gonna be with you guys yeah
0: mm-hmm. and uh, so I was like wait what the F like why is he all of a sudden super trusting of this guy? Mm-hmm. And then it gets revealed that actually the Benji in the mask was the Solomon Cain Solomon Lane. You said Solomon Kane yeah, then F no. me up. <laughs> Solomon Lane that that was, the uh, that was in the, the, the cage and they left with the real Solomon and it was all this elaborate sting to catch Henry Cavill. Yeah. And I really liked that. That was good. I really like that a lot. Yeah. But
2: how did they figure out that they needed to do that? That's a good question. was Alec Baldwin intentionally there? Was he called by
1: Ethan Hunt? Yeah I think he, so yeah I think I think so that but, so at what
2: point did they figure
1: out? Some, yes, in, in between, in between those scenes. Yeah, I'm sure Alec Baldwin filled them in. Somewhere. There's probably some
0: yeah. deleted scene of correspondence between them that I feel like maybe shouldn't have been deleted because I do. I definitely understand that that we should have probably seen them plan that and mm-hmm. then
1: see them execute it. But then you wouldn't have the twist that they actually were in the. In yeah. The so I think the implication is they did talk somewhat about this, and then it's just revealed to the audience but, but they already knew at that point yeah or had suspicions
0: yep uh I liked Alec Baldwin dying yeah and this felt like there were stakes for uh, ethan
1: yeah I agree with that um yeah somebody needed to die in this one yeah so, um well in general I thought it also kind of tied in well with the idea of that Ethan doesn't want like a single person to die I thought that was kind of like an admirable quality in mm-hmm. this movie where yeah. he wouldn't let Luther die he wouldn't let even like that police officer die mm-hmm. were you awake right during that yes. that, yeah, was? I was. Um, <laughs> that part was pretty great yeah I thought that was a great scene like it, and like even him imagining like how like that heist could go wrong in oh, terms yeah. of like you know getting Solomon keys out of <laughs> <laughs> out of <laughs> out of the van like how all the ways it could go wrong and everybody would die was mm-hmm. cool um, it kind of got, like, I felt, like, into his head more, like, all these fears he has and how, like, he has to go, like, above, above board to go and do the right thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a recurring thing in, yeah. in the movie. And, like, him having to face, like, I might have to kill a police officer. And, yeah. like, trying to figure his way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, by, like, pushing the, the the vehicle carrying Solomon into the water, which also gave us that super dope shot of the water. Like, yeah, that's super cool. Mm -hmm. I want to know how they did that. Me too. Because it looked dope. It it looked really cool.
1: I really like that motorcycle scene. I think it's one of the best ones in a long time. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, that whole scene, like there's like a good 10 or 15 minute section there. That's just, I think great. Um, I do think that some of the the uh, stitching between acts...
0: There's some played. weird editing in the movie. Yeah. Some really weird editing. There's a scene where... I think it's when Henry Cavill realizes he's been caught as John Mark.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe it's later. Maybe it's through Simon Pegg's eyes. But there's, like, a character looks at hunt and solomon standing next to each other Mm -hmm. and it cuts to solomon and then ridiculously fast it cuts to hunt and it's a really it was really weird i I don't know
1: what you're talking about yeah Yeah. it was
0: was this real small moment but i was like uh what like it was really jarring to me for some reason because Mm -hmm. hunt is like so far on the other side of the frame when they cut to it from where solomon was that my it like freaked my eyes out and then i thought it ended on a really weird line I forgot what was. they're like in the hospital and they like do the joke and then oh. he's like, don't make me laugh. And then it was like credits and I was yeah. like, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, at that point, it just kind of felt like, okay, we did this movie. Yeah.
0: It just felt like, I don't know, it's Lord of the Rings, but without the million endings.
1: <laughs> it did go in Fade to White. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah See? Okay, there you yeah.
1: okay. go. Man, this movie keeps on ripping off other movies. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> There's something that I would like to go and harp on a little bit, which is like Ant-Man also this summer didn't end like well. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. kind I was just like, all right, we should end it. And yeah. so it did. And like how you close out a movie is just as important as how you, how you open it. You yeah. Know? Even like the last couple seconds I think are important. And yeah. This one definitely kind of ha- like half-asses it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that. Rogue Nation almost does mm-hmm. a little bit, and then it, they they put one scene in there where it, Alec Baldwin becomes the Secretary of yeah. IMF yeah. that I think makes it not be that. Mm-hmm. But there's a I forgot about that scene, and so when we watched it earlier today, the I thought it was just gonna kind of end with them hugging and saying good luck, and I was like, what a dumb way to end mm-hmm. this right now. Like I feel like they went the I feel like what happens is these characters go through so much over the course of the these movies that like. Just kind of ending it where it was feels real weird. Yeah,
1: where everyone's just like, "lol," and, then <laughs> yeah. it, goes and it ends is always kind of strange. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, the lol ending. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Well, I think part of
2: that was whenever the CIA chick showed up, mm-hmm. I feel like they should have held her back in Washington or wherever. Yeah. And then, like, gone back to her dealing with her superiors
1: mm-hmm.
2: about the opposition, just like they did with. Repousal. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it is something to
1: pull away from the
2: whole. Yeah. Like,
1: some, like, top ending. level kind of. Uh, like, it goes up a layer to mm-hmm. kind of close off all loose ends because you've been so focused on this insular group. You need to kind of, like, break away from them a little bit and yeah. get further removed and then further removed. And then that's how you end it.
0: Yes. And what I really liked about that end, though, is that they showed how he got back. Yeah. You see the rescue helicopter coming for him. And I was yeah. like, good. Because <laughs> as soon as he got to the top of that mountain, I was like, so now what?
1: He just froze to death. Yeah. That was it. But he always had the track. Yeah, right that's true. Him, so, that's true. Yeah. I I think the movie did a pretty good job. I mean, it, there's a lot going on. And I agree with you, maybe overly convoluted, but... I think on a second or third watch, there's like a lot of stuff there where it was explaining itself and prepping other things. Okay,
0: It might be, well, in the Dark Knight thing, again, like, it could be one of those things where, like, Dark Knight confused the shit out of me the first time I saw
1: it. Yeah. I wasn't, I mean, I liked it. I I, I knew that I watched something great. Yeah. Yeah. But I also was like, I don't feel like I got all of that either. Yeah. Like, in one go. Yeah. And and I don't know if this, this isn't that level. No, 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 no but it is like something i think will benefit from If i can just sit in my house and like on my couch Mm. i'll be a lot more comfortable and enjoy it that way and i I know where things are kind of going so i can focus on other things around it
0: yeah yeah i think that'll be important too i'll probably see it again next week and we're going out of town and we have tickets to the imax at the chinese theater Mm. so i think we might try and hit it up Yeah.
1: yeah i think it's worth another watch no, yeah I, I I liked
0: it. It is like it's a movie that even though it f- I feel like I've had kind of a negative view of mm-hmm. it over the course of the podcast, I'd watch it again. I think yeah. it's one of it's it's one of those movies where it's like I can't really say anything bad about it because it's so well made and the stunts are so insane and like yeah, like the action sequences are good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but not it, your flavor. It's not my flavor and it's oversold to
1: hell. I agree with that. Well, this gets us back to the original podcast, which or uh, the predecessor podcast, uh, before and after show, mm-hmm. which comes down to our expectations of it, which was through the roof, based yeah. off of some of these reviews. Yeah. yeah.
0: I bought into the hype on this one hard. I yeah. try not to, but this one I just like let it get to me. Well, for on the
1: marketing bad. on it is pretty good too, but the trailers... Yeah, the trailers yeah. were all good. Um, and, and, but the trailers, I think, showed too much also, mm-hmm. especially like toward the end. Yeah. Um, so, whereas, I feel like some other movies... I don't feel like Rogue Nation, I, I knew, like, that underwater scene was going to happen at oh, all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one, I don't feel like held back as many surprises. Um, so, I, I I feel like I was a little oversold as well with some of the reviews on Yeah, this.
0: well, and I think one of the things... Um, is the comparisons to Fury Road really got to me even though I don't love that movie the way a lot of yeah. other people do that my favorite thing about it is that it's just kind of three 20 minute action sequences strung together yeah. um, that's how people were selling this one is that it's just two and a half hours of action sequences yeah. and there's a lot but there's way more downtime between the action sequences than there were in in Fury Road yeah. and they're much shorter than they are in Fury Road yeah. so I was expecting like that but a Mission Impossible movie and I was like let's do this right. and
1: it was not yeah. it was
0: much more contemplative
1: than that movie yeah. is I saw like one Twitter review that was like yeah there was like the most boring part was this 45 second like slowdown in the pacing or something like that and it was like alright that, that wasn't true <laughs> yeah
0: no it finds plenty of moments to slow down yeah. and there's good character work in that yeah. I th- well good uh, character work for Ethan in, in right. that because even the scenes without Ethan are people telling other people about Ethan <laughs> yeah. um, and I, like, so I think it was a very like big dip in expectation versus reality not big yeah. but like it was just like I expected just like balls to the wall for two and a half hours Just like I expected it to be like assaultive Mm-hmm. the way Fury yeah. Road is, yeah. and it's not.
1: No. It's assaulted in, lo- in running time, though. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just feels long. Yeah, it, it definitely drained me by the end. Yeah, I wanted to take a nap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if,
0: it feels its length, and it doesn't necessarily feel like it earns it. Yeah. Um, whereas Rogue Nation is only 15 minutes-ish or ish shorter, mm-hmm. and I can't think of an ounce of fat on that <laughs>
1: movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I want Christopher McQuarrie to do more things. Really? Yeah, like. Well, he wrote both of these movies. Too. Yeah. Hmm. I.
0: He was pretty established as a screenwriter. He just. Screen uh,
1: this movie, it felt like the way it was shot, like a big step up hmm. um, from even the last one. I think the last one is is a really good movie too, but this felt, like I said, more confident in the way that he was just like. Let these shots linger a lot more, Um and especially something like the Paris, like chase stuff. Just focusing on Tom Cruise and just letting that mm-hmm. stuff play for a long time was impressive. It
0: feels actually this one feels, and I've seen compared. I've seen one other comparison of this. I think Robert, you sent it to me. It almost feels a little bit like North by Northwest. Yeah. Um, like it feels like Hitchcocky. Yeah. A little bit. Um, and that's not a bad thing. No. Um, but it's just like. It's a very uh, contemplative action movie, I yeah. think,
1: in certain scenes. Well, it, it, um, it's like North by Northwest in the sense that it's very, like, focused on this one character mm-hmm. and, and just, like, following him and his reaction, like... Cary Grant, they focus a lot on his face. Yeah. And, like, even, like, the chase scenes. Like, it's focused on him, like, looking... Pointing the camera at him. Mm-hmm. And then watching him as he runs toward the camera and the camera's... Fo- like, you know, I mean, the the crop duster scene, like, right. for example. You know, like, all that kind of stuff. It's just, like, very experiential, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, it's mm-hmm. about the experience of this guy and the audience's connection to him.
0: Yeah, and this one, I think, does... Uh, the sequence that does the best job of that is the foot chase. Yeah. um, Yeah. is really good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, you see Cruz do all this crazy-ass parkour. Yeah. um, But you really get to see it, like, he's experiencing it as Mm -hmm. a... Like, you get to see him when he walks into the church, and he's like, crap, what do I do now? And, like, that sequence does a good job of putting him in situations that, like, even though he is this, like, ultra-superhero spy, it puts him in very human situations. Yeah. And he's still, like... He hasn't lost that humanity, even though he's, by for all intents and purposes, now a superhero. Yeah. He hasn't lost that humanity. Like that's his humanity is the central theme of the movie. Right? Mm-hmm. Is he doesn't want to lose one life. Yeah. And so when he's in these, like, oh, and he doesn't want to
2: disrupt life either. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah good pull mm-hmm. that's yeah i like that a lot yeah. so wh- he finds himself disrupting the lives of like people who are in mourning or people who are working yeah. <laughs> and it's just he's just like oh um yeah.
2: bye yeah <laughs> and lady gives him the chair to throw, like, yeah thank you yeah,
1: yeah. Well, see but, like now when we're talking about this that like we're naming like five or six like pretty good sequences of stuff yeah i, mean, I think there's maybe a little too much stuff in between them sometimes yeah. but I think it's more of a sign that they just try to throw everything they could think of in this movie, yeah. and maybe that's it's up. for better or for worse, right? You know, uh, but you got your money's worth out of it. Yeah, uh, you know, um, and I think with time and, and knowing how the movie is, is paced, I think I'd like it more on a second watch. Yeah. But anyway, I'm I'm obviously being very defensive with this movie.
0: So. Stay tuned for part two, yeah. uh, <laughs> the rewatch. But um, it's good. Yeah, it's I I, yeah. I can't really say don't see it. Like go yeah. see it big oh, yeah, and go see it loud. It. Like yeah. that's the way you're supposed to see this movie, man. Yeah,
1: it's not a movie that I think you should watch just on a television. Yeah. Like, not for the first time. Not no. for the first Yeah,
0: time. see it on IMAX, go see yeah. it on IMAX. It's definitely worth it. Like the spec all the spectacle is absolutely worth it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. it's just the the story is a little it's story,
1: the story isn't in the right home about yeah. it's, it's too convoluted. Yeah. but you didn't watch these if you've been watching these so far you haven't been watching from the story so yeah um, <laughs> if you notice when we were talking about the things that people like about Mission Impossible at the beginning of this podcast none of us mentioned the plot
0: yeah that's and, true yeah. so, um, so uh, conversation to end on which is back to the lunch conversation Oh, I've seen a lot of people saying like these movies are kind of replacing the James Bond movies mm-hmm. is that true and if so is it. Is there still room for
1: both? Uh, I'll let you answer that question first, okay. or Mayo. I? Um, I don't think it's replacing
2: the Bond series. I, I think maybe people's expectations for a Bond movie is what Mission Impossible is. Mm-hmm. So they're latching onto it more hmm. um, in a more modern audience, I guess than what Bond has been able to do at least since Casino Royale Um, but I think there's room for both because well maybe I mean Bond has mostly always been about the one spy going on a mission and they're kind of doing the other thing I mean they had a team for Mission Impossible and now it's going to one guy over there (laughs) Yeah. but then Bond is like his team is yeah. getting more involved in the last one that they
1: had. Yes, yeah, Spectre. Yeah. So they're
2: kind of becoming yeah. the same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, you go ahead, MJ. I'm still thinking about it.
0: Um, I think we just need a sequel to Man From U.N.C.L.E. and then that can replace all of them. No, I'm um... <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, no, seriously, freaking go watch Man From U.N.C.L.E. I... Man, I love that movie. Anyway, <laughs> um... I think that there's definitely room for both of them because the Bond movies are tied to a character and the Mission Impossible movies are tied to an actor. And that actor is eventually not going to be able, and sooner than you think, even though he's in outstanding shape, not going to be able to play that character for too much longer. Mm -hmm. And no one's going to come in and try to do it. Like, you know, it's not, it's not James Bond. You can't recast Ethan Hunt like yeah. because it's not Ethan Hunt; it's Tom Cruise that right. you're going to see that movie for. I don't really give a crap about Ethan Hunt until yeah. this one, maybe. Yeah. Um, I give a crap about Tom Cruise when I go see Bond. I give a crap about like James Bond as a character and his not that he's the deepest character ever, but the character is so tied to the adventures and they've interchanged I mean, you know, by the time I was born, they'd been interchanging the character for 28 years. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, had, it it's, it's established itself as interchangeable. Mission Impossible and Ethan Hunt have not. And right. so I think that there's room. Um, one, I think that there's just room for all movies, usually for the most part in, yeah. in the same genre. Like, I feel like we should have more spy movies and more westerns and more, I just feel like we should have more movies because I love movies. But, uh, I also think that they serve two very different purposes Mm -hmm. um just like one is like you go because you want to see the character go on these things you go because you you these you go because you want to see tom cruise almost kill himself right
2: (laughs) i think that's Mm -hmm. what i was trying to say but couldn't find the words to put it together
1: yeah yeah i mean there's room for both but i feel like this series is beginning to eat james bond's launch a little bit in the way that i was mentioning earlier where like you come for the stunts and you come for the gadgets and all that stuff the, the groundbreaking things that James Bond was known for like the car flips or this mm-hmm. or that that or the way they would go and like have people do an underwater fight for an extended period of time which was groundbreaking that stuff this series is now kind of taken over that aspect the spectacle um, James Bond has gotten very inward looking mm-hmm. um, which for better or worse better in Casino Royale than I think the last two um, and they've also I agree taken over that team concept especially at the last one so it's weird I don't know if um, Mission Impossible can go and survive without Tom Cruise though like you are saying I mean yeah. I think they were trying to set up Jeremy Renner's character in the previous one and the one before that to kind of mm-hmm. maybe be that person but just like he was supposed to be Jason Bourne's replacement you know, right it didn't stick um and I think that while I do think it's over this series is overtaking Bond in terms of my personal preference in terms of an action movie it's not gonna be that way for much longer it's gonna it's gonna stop in like what it's gotta be five years right Tom Cruise has gotta go and like break down yeah. in, in yeah. five years or ten he has one maybe two things. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah I think there's two more impossible possible movies I think there's depending on what happens, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes drama with Bond as, like, a, as, like, rights and yeah. stuff happen, um, which dwindles the budget of these movies, which makes them less as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. um, but uh it through no fault of, you know, the people involved in actually making the thing. No. But it... I think because Bond can recast, mm-hmm. it ultimately has the long game better. Yeah. And I think that... Even if there's a long break after Craig is done after the next one, Mm -hmm. it's going to be easier to reboot and get off the ground than Mission Impossible
1: is. Yeah. Well, and Bond has embraced so many different kinds of genre and tonal shifts Mm -hmm. that it can face whatever the future is and adapt to it better than this franchise can. That's true. Then again, I mean, this movie was quite different than Rogue Nation, and that's, despite having a lot of the same cast and you know crew behind it so you know I mean, this was basically the Dark Knight-ish and Rogue Nation wasn't anything like that yeah. Rogue Nation was kind of just three Mission Possible 3 but better you know am <laughs> I, it really it's kind of that same dynamic but it just was better at it mm-hmm. um, so it, it can adapt probably but it needs to start moving in that direction soon if it wants to have like a future outside of Tom Cruise yeah um but, I mean, Bond, I think, is weirdly, despite the fact that Daniel Craig has been Bond for a less amount of time than Tom Cruise, but they're on the four. They had four Daniel Craig movies so far. They're mm-hmm. on the fifth. We're on the sixth Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. I feel like it's just as invigorated as it was before with Tom Cruise, and it's feeling creaky with Craig in mm-hmm. the role. Like, Craig seems like he's old. I think that's the big difference in my feeling on it. Yeah. It's just... And Craig's
0: I think, in his 40s, isn't he? Yeah. He's 50? He
1: is turned 50 or yeah. something. Okay.
0: He's still like six years younger than Tom Craig. Right.
1: Well, and in the last one, he still looked creaky. He was definitely in his 40s in that one. So, yeah. I think it's just like the amount of energy that you feel from the main character is mm-hmm. what's contributing to the difference in feeling that I have to put it. Yeah. Um, I mean... Daniel Craig jokes that he rather go and slit his wrists I mean, if he did in the Bond movie. I kind of almost believe him, especially after the last two of them. But I know you guys are higher on Spectre than I
0: am. So. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement on Skyfall now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, Skyfall is meh.
0: But, yeah, I,
1: I... Skyrim is terrible, I agree.
0: Skyrim? Skyrim is bad. Yeah, That's Sky,
1: Skyrim is a worse movie than uh, Fallout 4 yeah. is, for sure.
0: <laughs> the Bethesda Spy series. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, i'm glad we brought this all back that was real
0: dumb yeah. anyway um yeah you guys have anything else to say
2: nah uh being rhymes was great yes i really liked him yeah, yeah he, he is real good he has the meats <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just has some really good scenes yeah, yeah he does
0: that scene where he's talking to elsa is real good
1: yeah yeah he gets like choked up and i kind of got choked up. yeah same yeah um, yeah uh, it gave him more to do than they've given him to
2: mm-hmm. do well, I think time. that was intentional because we watched Rogue Nation and he didn't have a whole lot to do in that yeah. movie he kind of does this buddy thing with Jeremy Runner mm-hmm. but Simon Pegg is a bunch of screen time in Rogue Nation yeah, yeah he, he doesn't does. get nearly as much in this film. yeah
0: it kind of traded like Ving Reigns has the screen time that Simon Pegg had in the, in the last one yeah, um, Simon Pig's great in the last one. I don't remember liking him that much. I like Simon Pig, yeah. but I don't remember liking him that much in that movie. And he's freaking hilarious.
1: He's really it. good. That, yeah. I'm like that one is funnier than this one. Without yeah, a doubt.
0: I think that may have done some stuff. Like I think that may have screwed with my expectations for yeah. this one too, because I was kind of expecting it to be like fun and jokey like that one kind of mm-hmm. is not that it's like thor ragnarok or no, anything no, no. but it's like it's like more of like a summary thing yeah you know and this one is like a think about this yeah and i was like it, it's really jarring yeah to, to go between those two mm-hmm. um especially since it is the follow-up so i was kind of expecting the the same thing
1: yeah yeah i think it's a very different movie than yeah it thing. super and, is so that throws off your expectations a lot and it took yeah. me a while to get used to it too yeah I ultimately liked what they did with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think... Well, I mean, it's like we talked about, right? Like, the last one's more of, like, a summary one. This one's more of, like, a Hitchcock version of
1: yeah, Mission Impossible. Like, like definitely more of a thriller. Um, I don't want to say Jack Reacher-ish. But, it, like, Jack Reacher is very a lot more slower-paced in a yeah, way. It's and, more detective-y. Yeah, and that's what I kind of felt like this one was in yeah. some ways. It was a little bit more... it's deliberate yeah yeah that's it thank you that's the word I've been looking for the entire podcast yeah along with Nathan Lane's actual man
0: (sighs) Man, it's so funny to think Nathan Lane in that (laughs) role. anyway uh yeah that'll do it um do you know what we're talking about next
1: I don't we're not gonna do the Meg are we I wanna
0: do the Meg you don't have to do the Meg I'll do the Meg
1: (laughs) I'll think about it.
0: All right. Man, I want to see that movie. Ugh. That movie looks like like it knows exactly what it is.
1: Jeez. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at MJSmith891. Uh, that's kind of it. I don't really have anything else going on. Um, stay tuned in August for a new project from myself and Corey Tyndall called The Movies That Made Us. If you heard the Jurassic World episode, you're a magician because it doesn't exist uh, yet. But if um, if you were able to hear that, you would have heard us announce it on that. Um, basically, the premise of that is is we're going to go... We're, it's going to be a monthly podcast. It's going to be right here on this feed um, so that it's easy for you guys to access And also so I don't have to pay for another posting. And uh, we're going through each other's 100 favorite movies of all time. uh, And I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I have, I think, until we record to finalize my list. Um, So look for episode zero of that. It's just going to be kind of an intro. Uh, We're not doing any movies for that first episode. It's just going to kind of be the story of how we got there and why we're choosing to do this um look for that in the next couple weeks probably not next week but the week after um it'll probably be up uh episode zero the movies that made us uh with Corey and mj um i think that's all i got robert do you have anything you want to say
1: nope
0: cool mike
1: go and check out the Solomon Islands.
0: <laughs> All right. That's it. Okay, is there any reading material I should bring with me when I go there?
1: Yes, there is a book okay. that I wrote it's about Solomon Grundy part of the Batman collection. You <laughs> know he's born on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, something something Tuesday. Yeah, um, I don't remember um, the rest. <laughs> I read I, I made a book. It's called uh, it's funny every time you say I made a book, by the way. With love and care. Um, if you haven't heard about it by now, you're not buying it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm so done. What's the name of the book? Um, <laughs> the Nathan Lane <Langton>. Files. <laughs> I'm gonna go and get an audiobook. Wait, narr- okay, wait. Is, that, by is
0: that different than the Timon Chronicles? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, are all of these Bethesda games? Or- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that got
0: that got that got away from us. See you yeah. guys.
1: <laughs> the Aurora War.